Good morning, members. It is Thursday, the 8th of September. Welcome to your morning meeting. Marcus, straight to you with the overnight. Overnight, thank you, Chi A relief rally on Wall Street overnight. Dow Jones up 436 points. That's 1.4%. And the NASDAQ doing even better, up 2.14%. And the S&P 500 up 1.83%. And the reasons for that was there was some interest rate relief. The bond market or 10-year bond yield, which rose 15 basis points the day before yesterday, was down seven basis points. So a bit of a relief rally, I would say, as I do in the strategy section. One good day does not start a trend or make a pivot point, but certainly helping. SPY futures this morning were up 29. That follows that 97-point fall in our market yesterday. Yesterday, we had a GDP number which was solid, which again puts pressure on interest rates. Our market didn't really respond to it either way yesterday. And with futures up 29, we're up 32. The Australian market's dragging its heels a little bit because of commodities. The oil price was down 5.2%, 5.7% overnight. So Europe has started to worry about recession and oil prices and demand for oil. Meanwhile, the LNG price, which is the central commodity that is being cut off by the Russians, has been spiking, but the oil price hasn't. So oil price down 5%. Woodside, by the way, is down 6.8% today. It's gone ex-dividend if you're wondering why you're losing money on that. So you haven't really lost that much money. The Fed beige book last night kept the pressure on interest rates, saying price pressures are expected to persist at least through to the end of the year. Powell speaks tonight. RBA Governor Philip Lowe speaks today. We've had an RBA meeting this week, so it's hard to see what he can say at a private conference that he hasn't already said. Certainly shouldn't be communicating any new policy decisions. European Central Bank meeting is tonight and a US CPI number on Tuesday. Michael Burry, who of course is the guy from the film The Big Short, he tweeted, we have not hit bottom yet. Watch for failures, then look for the bottom. Two SPAC ETFs failing is not enough. In the second quarter of this year, he dumped all his equity exposures except for one company. He's also tweeted, crypto crash, check. Meme crash, check. SPAC crash, check. Inflation, check. Some people are perpetually negative. In Fed speak overnight, no change in message. The Fed don't look like they're in any mood to go soft on rates yet. Barkin said the Fed must lift rates to a level that restrains economic activity and keep them there until policymakers are convinced that inflation is subsiding. Mester has said the high cost of US rental accommodation suggests inflation may rise further. And Brainard said monetary policy will need to be restricted for some time. Not helping commodities overnight, there were some Chinese export numbers, which were a bit soft. US dollars up again, 37-year high versus sterling. Sterling at a 37-year low against the US dollar. That's the lowest since 1985. 10-year bond yields in the US at a three-month high, close to a three-month high. All the metal price down overnight. Iron ore price down overnight. BHP and Rio down in the US overnight. And they're up 0.2% and 1% today. Not really doing too much. One of the features today is the lithium sector is back on. They're all going up today. And the other one is the gold price was up $14. And there's a fairly significant relief rally in gold stocks going on today. Few ex-dividends today. Woodside, ASX, EBO, and a few others. Ex-dividend tomorrow. Dividend calendar quietening down. Ex-dividend tomorrow. Wise Tech, a bit irrelevant. Nine Entertainment, Argo, plus some others. Thank you for that, Marcus.
Later, we're going to head over to you for the local markets and brokers. Thank you, Chi Chi. So the ASX 200 is currently up 30 points in line with the 29-point rise that the futures had expected this morning. Most of the sectors are in positive territory with gold leading the way on the back of that gold price rise overnight, as well as that interest rate relief that we saw in the US with the bond yields coming off. Tech stocks are also doing well. Block is up 3.7%. Resources doing quite well today. The lithium sector is flying again. Got Pilbara Minerals up 5% and Liontown Resources up 4.8%. Banks are also finding a bit of relief after that interest rate relief that we saw over in the US, although CBA and NAB have just started to come off a little bit. They were up earlier in trade. But the big sector that's taking a hit is energy with Woodside down 7.1% as it goes ex-dividend and of course that oil price falling just over 5% overnight. Looking at some of the stock stories today, we've got Tyro Payments who received a non-binding proposal from private equity investors at $1.27 per share. And they're up 25.5% on the news, up to 124 cents. Link Administration is up 6.5% as the ACCC said it will not oppose the Diane Durham proposed acquisition. Imugene has begun phase two trials for their drug Next Horizon. They're up 4.6% on that. Life360 has provided an Outlook update at a Bell Potter conference. They're up 4.5% on that. And Electro Optic Systems is down 23.5% as they reported first half EBIT of a $41.4 million loss. Looking at the calendar, as you said, Marcus, we've got the speech from Governor Lowe today for the RBA. Jerome Powell speaking tonight. As well in the US, we've got initial jobless claims and total vehicle sales for August. And that just about wraps me up. Thank you. Thank you, Leighton. And right back to you for the long-term portfolio. Yes, thank you, Chi Chi. Back with the long-term portfolio check-in for the week. There's no changes this week and we're pretty happy with the outlook as it stands. Our main concerns at the moment are interest rates, recession fears and AGMs and trading updates. Looking at the performance, we outperformed the ASX 200 by over 1.5% in the week just gone and Pilbara Minerals was up 8.8% for the week, so that helped us along the way. Looking at the calendar for the portfolio, Woolworths had a shareholder meeting on Tuesday with shareholders voting in favour of a scheme to acquire an 80.2% stake in MyDeal and BHP Group has a Q&A session today. Other than that, there's not much on the calendar, so we can take a bit of a breath looking forward. Looking at the portfolio x-ray, there's not a lot of movement, but it's still looking really good with nearly all of our stocks up in that top right-hand corner, representing the high-quality, high-momentum stocks. Our best stocks are still WiseTech, ProMedicus, Altium, and Aristocrat Leisure, and they're all right up in that top right-hand corner where we want them. And CleanAway Waste Management is the only stock not touching the green section, but it's creeping closer and it's just lacking slightly in the quality rank, but it is moving in the right direction. Thank you, Chi Chi. Thank you very much for that, Leighton. Marcus, what's been going on in your strategy section? Well, simple message today. One bounce on Wall Street does not make a pivot point, but obviously, as I say, it helps. And no real relief for resources at the moment. We obviously sold out of the resources sector a couple of weeks ago and happy to have done that for the moment. With a lot of those stocks going ex-dividend for Fortescue, BHP and Rio a while ago, the momentum just goes out of the sector for a while and these Chinese lockdowns obviously not helping. Or the recession talk in Europe. And most of the metal prices you'll see as well still trending down. So just back 
backed off from resources for the moment, waiting for that next sector pivot point, which isn't here yet. Otherwise, a bit of bond yield relief overnight, but it's not the sort of stuff that I'd buy into. As I say, we had 15 basis point rise in bond yields the night before last. The fact that they dropped seven basis points overnight is not reliable. It's got very volatile and not surprisingly so with so much macro stuff going on at the moment. ECB tonight, CPI number on Tuesday, Powell speaking tonight. Nobody really knows what to do. Lots happening on the macro front though. We'll see how that pushes us around. Philip Lowe speaks today, but the message from them is that they're not going soft yet either following the FOMC and that solid GDP number yesterday keeps the pressure on rates in Australia as well. The only excitement really at the moment was do we have a crack at gold which bounces for a day? Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece. The message is still no. I think Henry bought into the last gold bounce. It's proved wrong so far. So nothing reliable there in the trend. And has to be said, I've put all the Renko charts of the NASDAQ S&P 500 and ASX 200 in the strategy section today, updated for today's moves. And I can tell you the charts still say no. So not buying anything in the strategy portfolio. We're still in 50% cash happy there. And only one idea in the ideas portfolio was minerals. Happy to wait for next developments there. And I just haven't been. I'm kicking, kicking ourselves for selling those lithium stocks a couple of weeks ago. Since we did, Pilbara Minerals up 29%. Having said that, Mineral Resources is only up half a percent since we sold it. And most of the other stuff we sold is down significantly. Sandfire Resources, for instance, down 21%. So we've only really missed out on Pilbara Minerals. And not going to jump in and chase them again yet. I wrote an article yesterday called Trading Basics. I would recommend you go and have a read of that. It got a great response on email. It's education and it was talking about a few concepts or explaining a few concepts. Average true range, stop losses, position sizing, Renko charts. As I say, if you haven't read that, have a look. And I've also written today an article called 10 Top Tips for Not Losing Money. Warren Buffett once said, if you want clicks, you just put Warren Buffett in your article. So I've done that. Buffett once said, the first rule of investment is don't lose money. The second rule of investment is don't forget the first rule. And that's all the rules there are. So 10 ways not to lose money or 10 ways you can lose money. I've listed those in an article today for your educational pleasure. Also, I have covered Henry's small cap portfolio today as well. As I say, gold stocks having a good day today. Almost everything's up in his portfolio today, except B. Boz, which is the better shares, uh, goes up when the market goes down and down, as it is today when the market goes up. So everything else up today, gold stock's doing well, but the flyer today is Tyro Payments, which is up 25% on the back of a bid from private equity. So Henry will be very happy to see that when he wakes up in the UK today. Thank you very much for that, Marcus. There's been a great response to your educational series that you have started, especially that Trading Basics article, which I'll put a link below the podcast today. And let's move over to question of the day. Would you ever pick up on your mate's or your partner's choice of clothing or hairstyle? I'm going to quickly jump in with that. Hairstyle, you've you've added, uh, you've embellished the question for hairstyle. Because I know how I'm going to answer this. I'm going to say definitely yes. So during the first lockdown, my partner for two weeks had a scullet, which is basically a mullet without the top half of the hairstyle. And it was. That would be your current partner. My current partner, yes. (laughs) And, uh, long for this world. Uh, well, if he kept with that hairstyle, it was not going to last. 
last. And I made comment every single day for two weeks until he shaved it off and grew back his hair. So yes, I would definitely make comments on my partner's choice of clothing or hairstyle. Cameron, would you ever pick your mates up on dress code? Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to say that I think my mates and I have grown past the ripped jeans stage, so if anyone was to rock them on a on a weekend, I'd definitely bring it up. Right, rock ripped jeans. See, I thought that would definitely have been your like your age groups. No, nah, it's no nah, a like... bit a bit looser now, not no. as skinny. Yeah, no, no Ben rips. used to wear ripped ones occasionally, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah not good. Not good. <laughs> Sorry, it's childish. It's let's now the, childish. Ripped let's jeans the are childish. Through, you know, let's nah, the draft through. Rubbish. <laughs> and Leighton, how about yourself? Yeah, I've been known to do this, and my housemates as well. We used to live in a pretty big share house, and one time, one of the boys bought some questionable items of clothing, and we mentioned it to him, and it did cause a pretty, <laughs> pretty large disagreement. Um, it was all swept under the rug at the end, but yeah, so definitely would call someone out on their clothing. They can always just tell you to mind your own business, right, I guess. So Marcus, <laughs> I feel like you've got a really good answer to this. Uh, well, I have. I, I would never pick Emma up on her dress code anymore. Not since we went to the races back in, what was that, 1990-something, and she was wearing a orange outfit she'd had made, and it, you know, I, I made a comment, <laughs> and I shall never, ever, ever comment again <laughs> on Emma's dress code. What would I know about fashion was the response, and I realised I... Even though I may know something, <laughs> I'm not going to express it. That was the definite best comeback ever. Good on you, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> In those exact words, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emma? Emma, how about yourself? Oh, no, not prepared. Not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> no comment was her answer. <laughs> <laughs> no comment was Emma's answer. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone. See you back here tomorrow.